Uh, but first and foremost, I'm going to start in Romans 8, 12 through 17. <clears throat> so this is a, a verse basically telling us that we're all sons and daughters of God. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. <clears throat> Who's heard that before? Because I know I have, you know. Uh, so I've, I've grew up in the church, um, been a Christian since I knew what, Christ, I could really comprehend what Christianity was. Um, and I've heard that so many times. And that is, that's what I want to preach on today is, um, you know, we all hear this. You know, we, we sit here Sunday, and after Sunday, we sometimes hear really great sermons, um, and we're, we'll get fire, on fire. We'll feel like sons and daughters of God. And um, <clears throat> what I want to talk about is what draws us away from that realization. Um, that's really what God put on my heart, uh, is we, we're sons and daughters and co-heirs with Christ. So there's a power and authority that, in that. And so it's just like, you know, why, why, do we, why do we lose sight of that? How do we um, sit here? You guys are going to sit here, hopefully, hear God's word, feel encouraged, feel faith. You know, you're always going to hopefully walk out of here being like, man, I am a son or a daughter of God. But then you go out and you go back to work on Monday, or, or maybe it's even as you get out the door. Sometimes I don't even feel like a son or a daughter of God on church, like while I'm in the pew. Sometimes you just don't feel that way at all. Um, but then you get out into your everyday life and you kind of, you lose that realization and you just sort of, um, I don't know, you just kind of fall back into your, your habits or your ways. You just don't feel like I have that power authority. If you look in the Bible and you look at Paul's life, how he just walks through his life with just power and authority and he just has the complete confidence that he is saved, a son of God, and like, it's just like, wow, you know, man, my life really doesn't look like that very often. A lot of times I go back to work and kind of get, you know, if you're getting stressed out or, you know, just life circumstances happen. Sometimes really bad life circumstances happen and you really sometimes don't feel like, uh, you know, God is your father, you know, that he has given you everything that you need, you know. And so... That's, that's what I want to talk about today. You know, I think a lot of the scriptures I'm going to pull out are stuff you're going to you most likely have heard. You know, if you're new, you, I'm, going to, I'm going to start from the very beginning, you know, so that uh, if you've never heard the gospel before, you can understand where we're going um, and, you know, have everybody be on the same page. Um, but I just want to try to get us past that point, you know, past the point of showing up, you know, and hearing a great sermon from Cameron, and then going back to life, and then coming back and having another great sermon from Cameron, you know, and I think, you know, God's, 
given me this sermon because I've been in the pews where you guys are right now for a long time. And, you know, that's just kind of the rhythm I have seen in my life. And God's convicted me of it and said, okay, how do we get past that point? How do we, you know, really grow in our faith? So, there's two things that really God has given me um, to talk about. Why we lose that sight of that realization that we are sons and daughters of Christ and co-heirs. And one is we get deceived. And then two is we lack faith. And there's just those two things. Um, and so first we're going we're gonna to start on how we get deceived. So first, everybody must be under the same understanding. That is by grace we are saved. Okay. Um, let's open up to Romans 3, 23 through 28. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as appropriation by his blood to be received by faith. So it is by grace we are saved. Okay? We cannot earn our righteousness and being saved through our works. Okay? And, and most of you guys are like, yep, got that. And I... I understand that as well. I've been heard that. I know what it means. I believe that. Um, but a lot of times, just my, my faith does not always follow that pattern and that I believe that all of the time. And I can let down my guard and be deceived. Um, and so, what, what kind of happens, the whole, the whole, the whole my, I guess the point of my sermon is um, where are we keeping our focus? And that's, that's ultimately what it comes down to uh, when we're trying to grow our faith and when we're trying not to be deceived is where are we keeping our focus? Are we focused on God or are we focused on our circumstances you know, or, or just the world around us? You know, and, that, and that really is ultimately the key of growing our faith is by keeping our focus on God. Um, when we take our eyes off his deeds and look at our own, that is oftentimes when we fall back into the law, which is, what, uh, which is what God had to come and uh, fill, fulfill the law by sacrificing himself, and so now it is by his works that we are saved, not by our own. So let's turn to John 16, 7 through 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So when God came and he, he uh, fulfilled the law through his sacrifice, he then went up to back up to heaven and he said, okay, what, you know what, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit out to you guys. And it is better for that. Um, and so that we all have, you know, if you believe in Jesus and what his, his sacrifice and that he's the only way to the Father, then you have the Holy Spirit in you. And if you have that, you have this little thing called conviction that happens, okay? And so this conviction can pull you in, in, in many different ways, but really conviction is either going to 
uh, be a tugging on your heart saying either I shouldn't do that, or I, don't, or I, shouldn't, I should or not do that, or I uh, should repent of it, or I should do this. Sometimes the conviction will actually pull you in ways that God wants you to do. He says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And so he will actually convict us and pull us in, in ways that he wants us to go. And so what happens, what, where the devil comes to deceive us is often when we feel that conviction, which is from God and his Holy Spirit, he will deceive us. And if our focus is on God, we're feeling convicted, whether it's something we just did or, you know, something we're thinking of doing. What happens is God, you know, we've got our focus on God, we're feeling convicted. The devil will come along and say, hmm, how can I, how can I twist that to my advantage? And so really, he takes that conviction, tries to draw your eyes away from God and back down to yourself. And so when you, when you take your eyes off of God, that conviction, and you kind of bring it back down to yourself, it generally turns into guilt, okay, or condemnation, um, which is like, you know, also the feeling is similar, you know, like, okay, say I just went and I did something and I knew it was wrong, and now I feel the conviction afterwards to, that I should really go to God, confess my sins, and repent of it, you know, to say, God, hey, I did this thing, and I really, I feel that it was not the right thing to do, and I just want to clear it up with you, you know. That's what he wants us to do, but instead the devil walks along and he basically says like, okay, you feel like that conviction, but uh, man, you really shouldn't have done that. Wow, I, I can't believe you did that. And he gets in our heads. And once we start looking at ourselves and our works, he starts to really point out all of the imperfections in our life and all of the shortcomings of our life. And then we start looking at ourselves and going, wow, yeah, I really am not a very good Christian. You know, I really need to be better and more obedient in this area. And once you start focusing on yourself one thing after another and you get guilty and you start feeling condemned and that like changing of your focus down to yourself is really what ultimately is start, we start to be getting deceived, you know. And so this will draw our realization away from that we are children and co-heirs with Christ. We're already saved. You know, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you're saved. He's done the works. You know, you're going to heaven. And you have all the power and authority to change your life and do things better um, and live righteously. Um, but that's what, that's what we get stuck in, you know. And, and so that, I think, is one of the really big uh, areas, I know for myself, and a lot of people I've, discussed, I've talked to over the years, um, and you see it all consistent throughout con Scripture, is that you know, we, we will fall into that trap. Uh, let's turn to Romans 8, 1 and 2 real quick. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So I just want to make sure that, you know, if you guys are like, man, he's reading a lot of scripture. That's right, because I'm first time I've ever stand up here and given the word. So I'll make sure you guys aren't thinking I'm just coming up with this. So yes, so there it is. So I mean, 
ultimately there is, not, there is therefore now no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. So that is where we have to keep our focus on God is because when we start, we feel like in that conviction in our life to go one way or the other, you know, we, if we lose sight of God and the things that he has promised and says that he has done, and we bring it back down to our inner workings of our lives, you know, our self-centeredness, then we will ultimately start feeling guilt and con- condemnation that God is like, no, I have a, you know, there's no, therefore no, no condemnation, you know. And so that is really why we, why I think a lot of times for me is why I, I don't always walk in here on a Sunday feeling like a son of God. Because when I come to church, you, you, I already had this conviction, or not conviction, this guilt that I developed throughout the week. And, uh, and as I walk into through those doors, it just kind of magnifies, like, you know, the devil even, like, points at it even more, you know? Like, man, you really aren't that righteous of a Christian. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I am. I'm not, you know? And that, but that's like, you know, that's what God, or the devil wants to hold us there. And the devil wants us, or, ugh. And Jesus wants us to elevate ourselves above that and claim our, claim our status in him as co-heirs. See what we got time, man. That's going quick. <laughs> or I guess my sermon's going quick. Is really, all right. The second one was lack of faith. Okay. Um, ultimately, you know why we lose sight of our our identity in Christ is a lot of times we just we just don't have the faith that we really don't believe it. You know, we just lack our faith. Lack our faith is lacking in that area. Um, Romans 4, 13 through 16. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but, there, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Well, I might even have to read that again. It's a lot, but basically it depends on faith. You know, our, our, our righteousness depends on faith. Our walk with God depends on faith. You know, it's not, it's not dependent to whether we're being obedient and whether we're being righteous because then it otherwise would be glorifying ourselves. If we, if, we made, if we received our reward from God through our own deeds, then we'd be glorifying us because we achieved something. But if we're receiving our reward through God because of his deeds, it's glorifying him. And that's ultimately what this verse is saying. Um, and, and I'm sure you guys have heard this. A lot of you are like, you know, it makes sense. We've heard it. We understand it. But how do we, why do we forget it? And that's, and that, so now I have to keep repeating this because, you know, we hear this, but why do we forget it? And it ultimately becomes is how often are we, you know, the, say the world is really, it's the darkness, you know, that we dwell in. God is the light. It was in that last song. God is our light. And when we're focusing on the darkness all week long 
And then we come to church and we look up at the light and go, wow, yeah, you know, like, we, our faith grows, we get, we get, like, we feel like sons and daughters, but then we go back out into the darkness and we're just walking through the darkness looking at it all week, and we forget. And so ultimately, you know, if you guys are hearing this right now, it, you're looking at the light, but what, later this week, you guys are going to have to remind yourselves, form the habits to re-look at the light throughout the week. And that is, that's ultimately what I want to encourage everybody here um, today, which is, is difficult. It's a really difficult thing to do. So, so I think I'm going to show a video now. It's, uh, Jake, yeah, he's up there. So it's, um, it's going to be an interesting video. You guys probably aren't are going to be like, why on earth is he showing this? But um, it'll make sense later on, so just bear with me. The guy spit on the back of his head. First, distract <coughs> Then drop his blind jack. So yeah, it is, it is a little bit of an inside joke because I, we, well, growing up, I loved that movie and uh, the whole throwing of the rag thing. When I was like fighting with my siblings, I found that very effective. <laughs> Especially when we do poke wars, you'd have a tissue and you'd go like that and then miss, and, you know, it'd always distract them. <clears throat> now why does this pertain to anything that I'm talking about? Well, one of the reasons we lack faith and how we get deceived is sometimes, so like you might be coming away from today, you're like, wow, that was, you know, really heard God speak on this thing, you know, I feel like a son or a daughter. Okay, you, you, you kind of walk into your week, you're being obedient, you're like, you know what, I'm going to be very righteous this week, I'm going to be obedient, I'm going to do the right things, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to even wake up early and pray. You know, you're going to maybe set like a checklist of things that you're going to do, you know, you're really going to get into it. And you're going to start, like, you know, feeling good, really good about it. And um, you can also lose sight trying to achieve a level of righteousness. You can also lose sight of God in that. 
And so because you sometimes can get so caught up in how, what you're doing, you know, what you're trying to achieve, your actions. And so what the devil does, Sherlock Holmes is the devil in this movie, and we're the big brute. And so sometimes you, act, you actually like get kind of uh, full of yourself. You might even like taunt the devil or spit on the back of his head. You know, like, you know, really God's got me. You know, he's, I've got all my power and authority with him. And what he does, that rag, is the law. And he tosses up the rag as a distraction. And what happens is he goes, no, you're not that righteous. No, you can't do it. And he throws that up in our face. And a lot of times our response is, oh yeah, like I'm, I, can, you know, I, can, I can show righteousness, I can show that I've got faith, and we try to fight back. And he's like a masterful, he's, he's been doing this way longer than any of us have. He's masterful at what he does, and he can just take us down and throw us on our butts in a few hits. You know, he's like very calculated, very precise in what he does. He knows the points of pain in our lives that he just has to push you know, just the little jabs, little hits, you know, to fracture and then break us. And so that's what we have to be very cautious of. As we're, as we're proceeding and trying to have faith and righteousness in our lives, we have to be very careful to keep our gaze fixed on Jesus, you know, that it is for his glory. It is not for our own glory or um, to build us up. You don't stand up in front of people and try to give a really good message to make yourself look good. I've been praying really hard on that, you know, like, because that is like a very, you know, just, it's human nature to try to uh, get, you know, to make ourselves look good, to feel good, you know, that we're being obedient. And so that's why, you know, it's, it's very, very important for us to be very cautious and keeping our gaze in, on Jesus, you know, keeping, keeping looking upright rather than trying to look at what we're, what we're trying to achieve, you know. And so that's, that's why I thought that was a perfect video. Now, you, does that make kind of sense now why I showed that? <laughs> um, so I wanted to, apparently the disciples were concerned with, enough, with having enough faith too. So they even asked Jesus this question in the Bible. Like, they were like, God, grow our, let's turn to Luke 17, 5 through 6. But the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. This, this uh, parable that God talked or spoke, I, always, I would always read this growing up, I'd hear it. And even, even like as of several months ago, I'd hear this uh, Parable, and I would think, wow, God's really pointing out how little faith I have because, man, it, all it takes is this, you know, the, the faith the size of a mustard, or, or a, yeah, a mustard seed. And um, that's, that's not his point in this thing, actually. Um, I, I really believe that what God is pointing out here, he is putting up on a pedestal the size of his power and authority, like this grand, great miracle He's saying, like, I can do this, and you don't really have to do anything. You really don't need faith the size of a mustard seed. He's really taking our faith off of display and saying, I can do great, wonderful things, and it doesn't take much on your end. 
you know, because he's ultimately giving himself the glory. And, and I've not seen that for a long time. Um, and so that's really, that's really powerful if you think about it. Um, it's freeing because it doesn't take much effort on our side. And God can do amazing, amazing things. But then he has a, he has a second uh, response. He had two parables. And the other one is uh, 7 through 10, right underneath that. <clears throat> Will any, of, any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and recline at the table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants, and we have only done what was our duty. So basically, God's saying that, you know, we, can, we are unworthy. You know, we are ultimately unworthy. We cannot, uh, we cannot achieve his uh, praises, you know, for him to, you know, lift us up. We cannot achieve it. But he has already done so because he, through his works, dying for us, has put value on our lives. And so there, it, it's freeing in a way, if you think about it, that like we are unworthy before in, in our sin and in our unrighteousness and in our not being a very great Christian, we are unworthy. Unworthy to receive all of his blessings and being co-heirs, being a child of God. And then, on the flip hand, flip side, if you're a, a pastor who's lived a very righteous life, has done things very well, you know, refrained from sin, have really great habits, you're still unworthy. And so, you know, as servants, we're unworthy before and we're unworthy after. And so that is very important for us to try to internalize and it helps us keep our, our sights upon God. Um, so that when we ask God, increase our faith, you know, a lot of times that comes from a, like, God, I want to be a great Christian. Like, I really, really want to achieve a great level of righteousness. And God's like, okay, that's great, but don't lose sight of me, you know? Like, don't take your sight off of God and then bring it down to what you're trying to achieve. And that's really, I, I, I struggle with that. You know, and, and I think that is one reason why a lot of times I come back here on a Sunday and I really don't feel like a child of Christ or co-heirs. I don't feel like I have that authority or that power in my life is because I ultimately am trying to pull that, um, achieve something, and I get so focused on myself. And then the devil throws up the rag and says, well, you're not that good at it, actually. You messed up here and you messed up there. And, you know, there's this kind of this... Just, just, just a mess, and then it's like, oh, yep, he's right, you know, but if we're keeping our focus on God, we're unworthy before, and we're unworthy after. So the question I've been asking is how do we increase our faith or grow our faith? I like the word grow our faith. And then Cameron had been, has been talking about this, so it should honestly just be fitting in exactly with what he is uh, going to be preaching on, what he has been preaching on 
you know, in the prayer series, like, you know, that all fits in and how we grow our faith. Um, our faith is like a muscle. Cameron even said that a few weeks ago. It will lose strength if we do not exercise it every day. And so if you're focusing every day on your, the darkness around you, which is sometimes inevitable because you got to get stuff done, you got a you know, family to provide for or children to raise or just things you got to do around the house, you know, and sometimes when you're in it's the, the darkness, you know, like we have to constantly lift our eyes back up to the light. We have to exercise our muscle of faith. Some examples. Um, when Paul is actually talking about how to grow our faith in Romans 10, 17. He says, he says to his disciples, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And that's pretty simple. So we, we grow our faith through hearing the word of God. So you guys are listening to a sermon right now that is through the word of God. Your faith is growing. And then you can go out throughout the week. It doesn't mean you have to pull up a podcast. You can also read his word because back then they really didn't have like text and they weren't like, they weren't literate where they could read. And so you can read his word and hear his word and you grow your faith through that. And so it's kind of, you might be kind of leaning in, leading into what people are starting to catch on and like reading the Bible every day. As hard as that is, like that will grow your faith. Um, David in Psalms 9-1, we don't have to turn there, but he recounts all of God's deeds. He he, he listens and he, as he's praying, you know, some people you hear people doing prayer journals, he's recounting God's deeds. He says, God, you answered my prayer here. God, you've just done this. You know, I've seen you bless people in this way. I've seen you come through in this way. He's recounting that. That will grow your faith. That will be, that is very powerful to recount God's deeds or do it in prayer, you know, recounting God's deeds. Encouraging each other and keeping each other accountable. Um, the verse, iron sharpens iron, Proverbs 27, 17, that, that is, I've found that so powerful in my life when you have um, somebody, you know, who is like, he generally works really well with a best friend, come alongside with you and keep you accountable and encouraged to continue your walk. You know, to, someone you have those discussions with, like, have you been reading your Bible at all lately? You know? That, you know, when you know that discussion is coming, you do that thing. And when you stand up in front of people and encourage people to that, it encourages yourself to do that, you know. So the accountability is so powerful to uh, have that friend to try to keep you guys praying or pray together. You know, I mean, that is just invaluable. That'll grow your faith so much. The iron sharpens iron. So does one man sharpen another. Uh, taking action on our faith. So, so that is consistent with uh, Jesus' um, ministry, is taking action on our faith. Uh, it's like, then that is the exercising 
of your muscle, you know, when you're taking action on it. You can do that in many ways. Um, you can be speaking. You know, I know a lot of, I, some of the most um, faith-filled people I know speak. Speak the word of God. Speak the promises out loud. And they're taking action. They know the, they know the, um, they know the promises. And then they speak them out loud. And they're taking action on their faith. And that produces faith. And it also has an extreme power and authority in it, you know. Um, so taking action on your faith. Also, on 1 Peter 4.8, he says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. So loving other people is, is practicing your faith. I know some people are very, very good at that. And that is, it's just, you guys want to keep increasing your faith, like focus on loving people, you know, going out of your way and intentionally thinking about other people. It's something I struggle with very difficult. It's very difficult. A lot of these things are. And a lot of these all are wrapped up in, you know, having some discipline in your life to do this stuff. And that is one thing that I've always struggled with discipline. I've always been attempting to have better habits or daily uh, time in scripture and prayer. Um, I've been actually probably about a month, month ago, five weeks ago, when I first prepared for the sermon, I, um, I you know, was convicted that God was like, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're not keeping focus enough on me. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, try to set time aside every day for God, even if it's from 15 minutes to a half hour, just to make sure that I'm also reading, you know, I pray throughout the day, but I'm also reading you know, and hearing his word. Um, and I got to say, this past week, it didn't happen very often. Like, and then I got the phone call at 7 a.m. this morning. Hey, can you preach? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, it, it is really difficult to do. Um, which then the accountability, you know, the iron sharpens iron side of things really can help you out on that side, on that, you know, developing the disciplines, developing the habits. Um, I don't think... I don't think our open house knows, but Brigitte and I, we bought a bunch of books. We're going to be doing like a 40-day uh, devotional where like, you know, it's, a, it's an everyday thing as a group. And, you know, we're going to be trying to like help each other in that area um, because it's just, it's just extremely important to try to develop those disciplines. I've hit most of my points, really, but the, I really have, yeah, that's, that's gone quick. But the, um, the, the, the big overarching thing is, is it all comes down to keeping your, guy, your sights on Jesus. Um, when we take our sights off of Jesus and we bring them back down onto ourselves, or we just, you know, are, are caught up in the everyday, you know, that's when the devil is going to test us and throw up the distractions for us to try to bring our, our attention back to ourselves. And so we'll be deceived out of, real, out of the realization that we're all you know, sons and daughters with the authority and power that God has given us to live you know, an enormously brilliant life on earth here and not have to wait till heaven. And so we have to really try really hard to not be overly focused on our actions and our walk in righteousness 
and try to keep our focus on God, which the actions and our righteousness that we're going to be living out will flow with that. And so that's, that's, ultimately, that's ultimately what I have to say. And um, I'm going to pray real quick, pray us out of it. Um, dear Heavenly Father, God, I just uh, I thank you for your word. And I uh, pray, Lord, that you work on it in my heart and in everyone's hearts that uh, have heard this today, Father. Lord, I just um, I thank you for your praises. I thank you that uh, you've given us your blessings, your promises. And uh, I just pray, Lord, that we continually grow in our faith. We see the deception, the lies that the devil tries to throw up in front of us to draw our focus back to our own actions and take our focus away from your grace, Father, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we as a church can uh, develop some discipline in our lives, Lord, to build the habit of keeping our focus on you, Lord, and exercising our faith as a group, Father, Lord. Um, I believe that is your plan for this church, Lord, and I know I've, I've heard it and I've seen it through Cameron's preaching, Father, Lord, that we are all being led in that direction, and I just uh, thank you for this opportunity for me to be able to stand up and hear in obedience to you, Father, Lord, today, and I just praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen.